Hey everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast, uh, the podcast whose extended family has recently extended. <laughs> More to come on that story. First of all, though, I think we should probably say hello to everybody. My name's Aid, and with me today are Claire. Hey Claire. Good evening everybody. Lovely to uh, be here as always. Good stuff. John. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> It's a talking eggshell. Wow, that's, egg that's the egghead. <laughs> okay, that's an in-joke there for the lack of recording technique that we have here in the Sunny 16 podcast team. And, of course, uh, last but not least, Graham, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, thank you, dude. Yeah, it's lovely to be back here with you all. Well, indeed, indeed. I'm glad to be back. I've missed a few weeks because I've been on holiday and uh, and stuff like that. So it's um, you know, it's it feels like ages since I've chatted with you all. Um, but hey, uh, you know, I see in the background uh, there's lots and lots of shows being produced from the Sunny Sixteen channel and the Sunny Sixteen Presents channel. So you know, hopefully, um, hopefully, I'll get a chance to catch up with those at some point. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, th- we're gonna. I think you were actually, I'm, I'm just trying to remember now, but I think the last show we actually recorded was the one where Claire was back on from Spain. Were you on that one? Because it's been a couple of weeks no. since we've actually... All oh, right, well, okay, well, you think are so. lazy sky think so. in that case. <laughs> yeah, I th- I've been um, uh, other, I've been away, away, away with, actually with internet, weirdly, I was in the middle of nowhere, or the edge of nowhere, uh, And uh, but there was a little sign outside the village that we were staying in saying, you're now fibre broadband. <laughs> like, of course. Okay. Nice. Well, did you, know, you take a film camera with you, Aid? Did I take? No, I didn't. And the reason for that is I was committed to shooting video. Uh, it's c- c- apart from the fact that we, we we haven't been anywhere for a long time. Uh, I haven't made a family video, family vacation, family holiday video for about three years. And so, the, what I find is that because for me, video is quite an effort for me. It's not my natural medium. Uh, and I, feel, I find if I take other cameras or, and things like that and other setups, I get thoroughly distracted. Just go, I'll just shoot photos today. It'll be fine. Honestly, there'll be plenty mm. of video at the end. And so I had to be really disciplined and, and focused. And I've come back and I got 60 gigabytes of video to get through now. So uh, that'll be some editing and some coloring and some sound design and stuff like that to do uh, over the uh, the coming weeks bit by bit. I haven't even I feel, it yet. I feel your pain. I've been shooting a lot of video recently, like digital video, obviously. But um, I've been trying to apply my photography methodologies to video regards storytelling. So I shoot mm, less right. video and be a bit more concise. So when it comes to edit, because like my my photography workflow, I'm fairly quick with, because I, I try and shoot only what I need to tell that story and try and get as much in camera as possible. Yeah. So it really minimizes my editing time. But because I haven't shot video in age and years, I'm just shooting everything. Oh, it's right. just a nightmare oh, when no. it comes to editing. It is it is hard, isn't it? Because the other thing is is that you you know, sometimes you know you don't know what it, it you don't know how things are gonna unfold. Mm-hmm. And and so I will have a lot of video clips that don't get used because I was you know wanting maybe maybe something will happen um or, or maybe it and then maybe it, it doesn't um and the other thing is that I tend to do is I try and make sure I'm taking you know those those extra shots that you need for narrative you know the establishing shots and and sometimes some of the the close ups and and the b rolls and the cutaways and stuff like that I try and take some stuff like that. Yeah, you know, so that you've got something to stitch together. Whereas my photography 
is is less planned and it is more about the hero shots and i and i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily capturing a decisive moment with my photography but it it does tend to be oh look over there it's more of a magpie approach it's like oh shiny tick click 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 <laughs> so yeah the video thing is is more deliberate for me and trying to make sure i get enough stuff to 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 stitch together a short narrative i have no idea how long my 60 gigabytes of video constitutes to be honest uh, so um i have to work that out <laughs> Two minutes if it's like uncompressed raw footage. Hopefully. It's not. It's so. It's. I tell you what. I can tell you what it is. Um, it is H two six five. Uh, and it is. But it's and it's ten eighty p. But it's high bit rate. It's two hundred megabits. So, um, it is. Yeah, it's chunky. It's, it's going to be hours then. Still, <laughs> still going to be hours of footage. Great. <laughs> it's really highlighted. It like to me like the what happened like what happens when you start using digital media as well and that tendency just to capture more than you need to compared to when you're shooting with film where mm. spend more time with film and actually going to spend time watching things and then taking a photograph whereas with digital it's just like well you might as well just capture everything mightn't you yeah <clears throat> like I've, I've done some digital photography shoots recently as well and it's just I think I took like 500 photos in two hours the other day. So wow. what is that about? Wow. Why? Why? 500 <laughs> photos in two hours. 250 photos an hour. I saw, I, I saw a um, conversation actually just the other day on Twitter around um, how many photos do you kind of shoot in an hour? And some people were shooting like hundreds. And I was thinking That's I probably... So would take about 70 maybe an hour and hope to get 10 that are good but yeah, 500 that's, that's, like that's one every 15 seconds john mm. yeah i probably made the numbers up but yeah some of it yeah i am shooting burst because it's, it was action that was going on so it's right, like you okay, want to yeah, yeah. but if you were shooting that on film like i did do some film shots as well and it's like, mm. well, you kind of live with what you've got, don't you? If you've got if you've got one frame out of a bit of action, but it's a bit blurry or it's out of focus or whatever, that's all you've got. And you, like you're happy with it because you've got that one photo and it kind of, you, but you, I don't know. It's just, it's a bad habit. It's a really bad, bad habit that I've got into again. See, I, I think, think it's just a different process, isn't it? It's it, a different process is different. And also, it, it's the problem with film can be that you just don't shoot enough. I mean, it's mm. it's fine that happy medium. Mm. I know that I don't take as many pictures of a scene as I should because I mean that's sort of, well, just not even particularly from a being economical with the film mentality. More just I, I'm just like, oh no, one picture will be enough, and you know, actually no. I, I should work the scene to try different angles. I should mm -hmm. maybe bracket the pictures more to allow for the fact that maybe I'm not exposing this just right. I should be doing those things more. So um, I think the the happy ground is somewhere in between the two, isn't it? It's mm. not just blitzing yeah, the way of it. Yeah. but um, Unless you're David Burnett, of course, and, and you take your 8x10 to, to the Olympics and stuff like that. <laughs> 
So. Yeah, yeah, your options are a little bit more limited then. <laughs> I can't believe that the three of you have all basically been all within movie-making mode then over the last few weeks. I mean, this is a, a rare commonality going on. because That's a, a good point. Yeah, you've been off making holiday movies. <clears throat> now, John and Claire, you mm. neither of you can really talk in depth about what you've been doing, so we're going to talk in vagaries, but... John, you've been to a haunted house. Please tell us about your experience of going to a haunted house. <laughs> I just want to hear about the haunted house. Did you get spooked? Did you there, see dead there, people? There weren't any ghosts, it, oh. it, but it was a pretty creepy experience. So there's this house in Pontefract near Leeds that sells its house, sells itself as the most haunted house in England. Um, <clears throat> and as far as I can tell, basically somebody made a movie, a horror movie there and then decided to rent the house out and pretend it was haunted. And now it's rented out on the premise that it's, it's haunted. Um, so but cynical. it's like, so it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it just hasn't been renovated or redecorated or anything. And they've added like props and items and stuff into the house. So it's all set perfectly mm. for like photography and messing around and stuff and like we got up there at like seven o'clock at night wait waited for the sun to set and then photographed to about 3 a.m but it was like it was quite a hard shoot but it was a lot of fun you know just going around each of the rooms and i did a lot of lighting that day mm. that night actually i bought myself some of those newer panels yes you've joined yeah. our club <laughs> we're all we're all in the newer club <laughs> yeah and somebody else who came along who was doing the audio side of it, she had a pair of the panels as well. So I ended up with four <laughs> lights. Nice. And yeah, it was an, an assistant, which was just crazy. So yeah, it was, it was like by 2 a.m. I was struggling a bit, it's fair to say. I was just, I was trying to light this, the lounge and my head just wasn't in the right space for it at all so i was exhausted but um, so you were being mentally affected by the surroundings it sounds like it was kind of yeah the atmosphere was the getting ghost to got you. under my skin have I, you been through all the footage and all the pictures since yeah you have like have you been so careful yeah. because i mean there might be spooks on those no. pictures we actually we set up audio <laughs> recorders around the house for the entire time as well so and we haven't been through all that footage. Yet. Oh, that'd be where it is. There'll be voices. What there's a name for them, aren't there? They're, they're like the special, the sounds that you get from ghosts. Um. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> but bullshit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as really, as you said, it just looked like one of those really cool places because it it was all it looked very eighties the um, decor or seventies yeah. even. Yeah, it's probably it might even be earlier than that. But yeah, it just because they haven't. They've just kept it how it is hmm. and added some creepy paintings of children on the wall and put dolls around the place that have got two heads and stuff. Um, there's some really interesting, like there's like a, a mini, what they call like a baby grandfather clock yeah. on the stairs um, and just lots of little things like that dotted around. There's like an old TV that you could like tune in and it had static on the screen, you know, like Sony Trinitron. Like Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah. Poltergeist vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Poltergeist was a good movie though. You know? Yeah. Brilliant movie. Brilliant movie. I I can't watch it now. I remember watching it when I was younger and it, it scared the out of me then. So uh, <laughs> I just can't watch it anymore. So mm. is it a place because Claire's always talking about going to places to using them as a good sort of sets for taking pictures. Is that some is this house you went to, is that something you think actually I'd quite like to go back there and do something else? 
photography wise was it as a backdrop or not so much yeah um it was quite interesting would i go back there yeah possibly if like and it, but i guess that's about like location scouting isn't it like it depends on what story you're trying to tell and just trying to find the right location for it so yeah it's it's always nice to find these sort of places and just have it available mm. for future use i guess uh, that sounds really cool. This is where we discover next week, guys, that John's been dead this whole time, and this was like a yeah. ghost, John. Well, <laughs> yeah. It was like a bit, bit green around the gills, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and Claire, you've been off recording on the hills in Wales, right? Yeah, yeah. Been out with my my film cameras, um, shooting quite a lot of um, Super 8. So that's been really lovely, actually. Really nice. Um, I'm, I'm doing some more uh, still work as well so all good it's very exciting you can't really talk about it at all until yeah. <laughs> next year possibly but <laughs> nodding good yeah, nodding, great no, audience. lips are sealed absolutely we should probably move on then shouldn't we so, so i think the greatest thing like the greatest thing that i'm picking up claire is is that you're um it's just a great project for you to work on it's yeah, like it's definitely. challenging and it's kind of it's pushing you in, yeah yeah in, like, like to us yeah. different different level which is amazing yeah. for you so congratulations and, your, and yours john um although i'm disappointed I, I really wanted you to get spooked <laughs> <laughs> i was like it wasn't gonna happen we wanted an We're... abduction or something <laughs> you wanted me to be abducted <laughs> yeah and then like return harsh, yeah you turn my video off and you want me to be abducted. So we, I was hoping there'd be some sort of encounter that you could uh, tell us and then you're like, <laughs> one of those, enc- you know, when you hear of people, they, they they get abducted and then they can't, they, their, their mind is erased. They can't remember like so several hours. And <laughs> Do you know what? I can't really remember the journey home, but I think that's just because I was asleep. Mm, was it though? <laughs> was it though, John? But I don't know. I don't know. I remember getting in the car and then, whoa, next thing I know, I'm like, outside the house mm. really bizarre mm. a bit scary <laughs> that's but... why i can i can't see you john i can only see an eggshell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. imagine if you just see an empty chair mm. you could hear rotating noise. slowly <laughs> <laughs> so Graham, what have you been up to uh, not a whole hell of a lot. I've had my boys for the last week, which has been really lovely. And I have actually taken some pictures um, because this was my week's holiday for <laughs> the foreseeable future. So it was the closest that I was going to get to an opportunity to unwind. Um, I'm not sure a week was long enough for me to really unwind, but it's the closest I could get. So I was out taking, trying to take some pictures for the Cheap Shots Challenge. Um, so, yeah, done a bit of that. Um, it turns out actually that having the theme of unwind or unwinding is great because it means that the thing you need mm. to try and do or capture is either yourself or others unwinding, which is a good thing to be looking for in your life. It's a really good thing. You think? I mean, like just now, like, oh, what could what could represent unwinding? I don't know. A glass of wine. Great. Click, 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 click. <laughs> There's so many things that you can just go. This, this, I would. I'm just going to, you know, lie in bed for the next hour, and I'll just 
put a pinhole there and that can be me unwinding asleep. I haven't done that. <laughs> or but... empty bottles of wine by your bed. Yeah, does exactly. Not constitute unwinding. These are all things I can now justify for the Cheap Shots Challenge. So um, so that's been nice. It's been nice to get a, a few pictures with that. And uh, I took my boys into Oxford and actually gave my oldest, not a film camera, but I gave him my digital camera to go and take mm. some pictures because um, he wants to do some for an art project that he's got coming up. So it's quite cool to see him interacting with that at least a little bit i don't think my youngest actually has got quite into taking pictures on his phone but doesn't really have an interest in moving up to a camera or moving sideways to a camera i guess um neither of them can really see the point in film it's like I just don't, why are you doing this like listen <laughs> when you're older you'll do things for no good reason <laughs> that's not the best excuse you can give to people but um but yeah it's been it's just been nice nice to have a bit of time just to engage with the hobby i've got my dark room tidied i did that as well because i haven't actually been in my dark rooms doing it for months at this point i've just not had the time or the energy to do anything so i actually tied up so i can at the very least get some of the rolls of film i've got in there waiting to be developed done because i've got my um a role film from my Leica, which I need to get developed. I've got a couple of rolls of film from when I went to um, take some maternity pictures of Rachel, so they're all waiting yeah. to be done. Um, and then, as uh, the weather starts to cool down a bit, get in there and do some printing as well with my massive uh, thing. So, yeah, I'm excited to be starting to think about actively engaging with that again. <laughs> That's very exciting. I feel like I'm entering into... I remember reading ages ago about the people that... Only they shoot in the summer and they print in winter mm. and i never understood it so i was just like oh i print all year round but i feel like i'm actually getting into that yeah routine now it's like <clears throat> excuse me summer just seems to have been so busy this year mm. so actually winter will probably be my printing time now yeah so and also it's really hot in the shed Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and in winter, there's no light <laughs> for taking pictures. So, yeah, mm -hmm. there's a lot There's a lot going for it. Um, actually, mentioning Rachel's maternity pictures, we should probably mm. mention arguably the biggest news of the week for us, shouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> so, um, And Rachel has put this up on Twitter, I think, now. So we're all right. I was going to say, I didn't realize, I didn't know whether we were still embargoed or not. <laughs> no, I did double check. This is up on Twitter. This is fully out now. Um, uh, okay. So for the benefit of our listeners who may not be on Twitter or elsewhere, uh, Rachel has now given birth to her beautiful baby daughter. We've all seen pictures and she is pretty gorgeous, Yay! right, guys? Yay! Yay! Who wants to have a, a, a see if you can get the uh, baby's name right first go? It's not Grey Amina, then. I know. This is disgusting. Oh, yeah, we... <laughs> we we had an agreement. I mean, admittedly, Rachel didn't exactly sign off on it. That whoever got close to when the baby arrived would get the name, baby named after them. So the baby should have been called Grey Amina, but no, was not to be. Go on, Aid. What's the baby called? <laughs> Constance. Constance. Mallory Brewster Wright, uh, a beautiful name for a beautiful, I was going to say little girl, but for a baby, not that little, quite a big baby. I think a, she de was... a decent sized baby. Yeah, I was going to say she was nine stone when she was born. She definitely wasn't nine stone. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> she was nine pounds? Does that seem more believable? I think yeah. she, nine pounds, she was 11, I nine think. Nine pounds, is... 11, she was, yeah, which, is, which is, I would imagine that's pretty big. That's, I think that's that's a goodly size, that is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but mother and baby are both doing very well. Um, we've seen pictures today, and yeah, it looks like they're both doing really well. Marcy the dog appears to have taken up the 
duty of being guard dog for the baby, which is lucky, before she gets to take up the role of being horse for the baby, I suspect. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Horsey. Yeah. Just such a... Uh, it's just so nice to be at this point, after everything from the last few mm. years, <laughs> to be here now and go, there's a baby here. It's great. Yeah. It's it, it's it's a it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. And and do you know what? Um, it's a, a a photography subject that's unable to say no. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I I remember. I mean, it was it, it, at one level it was horrible, and another level it was great. But a lot of the years ago, a lot of the experimentation I did with flash photography and and you know yeah you know, and flash with film as well a lot of that expect experimentation was done at like seven thirty, eight in the morning um when the kids you know young youngsters you know got got woke up super early and required 100 percent attention and one of us would have to crawl out of bed I, you know, I, half of my lighting equipment just lived upstairs in their bedrooms and you know i'd be like yeah okay it's seven thirty. i could yeah I, I could just about you know get dressed and find a camera and go and, and go and point it at the children and, and you know, you get an hour, an hour and a half and they're just playing around and I play with them and I take their photo occasionally and stuff like that. I've got a ton, ton of good memories of that kind of thing. So, so, uh, Rach is, uh, Rach has got a, a good photo subject there for several years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Really definitely. Is. You have to exploit <laughs> that because when they get to the age where they realize they can actually say no, that's it then, isn't it? I mean, Graham, you know this. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. you know, my kids went, especially my boy, Padgett, he went through a phase of letting me set up all the lights, sitting on the, he'd be sitting on the sofa, you know, doing something, reading a book, playing a game, something like that. He'd let me set up all the lights and just as I was ready to take the shot, he'd get up and walk off. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. And I'd be like, yeah, bugger. <laughs> now, amazingly, my two are really good if i say i want to get a picture stand there they are incredibly patient incredibly good about it the only downside is that neither of them especially my oldest knows what to do with his face (laughs) he he does not have any kind of relaxed look he can't just casually smile he can't just give you a casual look into the camera he's just like there's so it can be different getting any sort of a natural picture of him, bless him, because he's just at that age where he's very aware of himself and his physicality and his... Because, I mean, he's, as people feel, need to keep pointing out to me, bigger than me now, which is upsetting. That's crazy, because for those that don't know, you're you're actually enormously fat. <laughs> I am ginormous. <laughs> I am like mostly Jabba the Hutt. Um, you are the fat controller. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he is even fatter than me. It's oh, it's obscene. Um, All right, let's. No, no, that's a bit unfair, to, <laughs> yes. uh, especially especially to poor old Logan. Yeah, uh, oh, young Logan. So, so yes, no, you're not fat at all, are you? But you are rather tall. How tall are you? I'm six two, and he has now yeah. just crept past me. So, um, um, but yeah, when we were out in Oxford, and he's also be in the shop or somewhere, and he'll just be kind of stood there with his arms like by by side there. Like, you look like a bouncer, or you know, you like on guard duty somewhere. Cause he's just so. That's the only problem I'm having with just getting good pictures of them at the moment. Elliot's a lot more um, relaxed. He's got much more, like, just resting cool face going on. Um, but his brother, bless him, is just, like I, said, I think, very... He's six foot two. I mean, he'll still have growing to go. Don't, well, no, no. I've explained no? to him that he's done. <laughs> made this perfectly clear. <laughs> not, sure that's how, not sure that's how it works. All all children stop growing at 15 when they... Oh, he's nearly 15, so... 
that's it. He's <laughs> you have to cut down. He's only allowed. Tell him he's only allowed two shredded wheat. I didn't feed him the entire week he was here in the vague hope that that would help. <laughs> <laughs> so just why? No, are you? Not only are you bullying him to stop going, you're actually being you know, physical cruelty and not feeding him. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I've just bought him twelve cartons of uh, cigarettes for his birthday in the hope that that'll do something as well. <laughs> I think that's a line from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> probably, probably. Um, but no, so I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky that my boys will still put up with my nonsense, um, which was great. Because actually, for one of my unwinding pictures, whether it'll work or not, because it was, it was a picture I kind of had in my head that I wanted to get and then left until five minutes after we should have left the house for me to take them home. I just wanted to get a picture of me sat with my boys. And um, so like, okay, you sit there, you sit there. Okay, get the camera on a tripod. Let's just do this. And it was really rushed. It probably won't come out at all, but um, they're, they're very patient about that. The fact that I, when I was sat with them, I couldn't see what their faces were doing does concern me slightly, but, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be what it'll be. But it's It can't be fun. worse than yours, so it'll be fine. <laughs> That's true. That is true, yeah. There's definitely an improvement, a genetic improvement owing to their mother, fortunately, going forward. So, <laughs> so that was good. But, um, but, yeah, we all just wanted to just uh, a big... Congratulations mm. to Rach. Um, yeah, absolutely. Lots awesome. of love, Rach. Yeah. For the year 2023, when you finally get time to listen to podcasts again. <laughs> <laughs> Although she was out, I saw today, um, she shared a picture on Twitter. Um, she has gone out with the baby. She's out having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee somewhere out and about. Nice. So, fair play. Mm. Getting out and fair enjoying play. the stuff. I don't think we left the house for three months. I mean, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and then it. lockdown happened so we didn't leave the house again <laughs> yeah perfect times perfect times yeah. um shall we slot in at this point the conversation yes. off of the photography show does that seem yes. a good thing why not so uh, this is uh, this is a thing that i'm going to be doing in the future so hopefully this happens otherwise nobody will ever hear this part but um Going to be speaking to Ruth and Hamish. Ruth is from Future Photography, uh, Future Publishing, right? Aid, not Future Photography. Yes, F- Future is the company. Uh, they they publish a lot of stuff, uh, and they are the company behind the photography show. Got you. So, going to be speaking to her and Hamish Gill, who is um, one of the main organisers of the Analog Spotlight at the photography show, um, about what's going on this year. So, we will seamlessly stitch that in here and we will be back afterwards to deal with some sweet listener interaction more cheap shots challenge stuff more listener emails and all that good stuff um and also we're going to say goodbye to john because john's lazy and john's going to bail on us <laughs> right john bye everybody yes i am great to speak to you all <laughs> see you soon <laughs> bye bye john bye Welcome back to the podcast, Ruth and Hamish. It's a delight to have you both back here. Good to be back. Thank you. Cheers. Yeah, always happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, slightly less of a delight to have you back, Hamish. I was checking, actually, just before we got on, and it was um, the 18th of February last year when we last chatted about the photography show. When we were all looking forward to the March 2020 show. Oh, such halcyon days. A few things have happened between now and then, but it's okay. <laughs> We're back to talk about the photography show 2021, a little bit later than uh, normal in the year. Um, Ruth, I want to come to you first because, you know, you, you're the one that organises all of this stuff. How 
Well, how has the roller coaster of the last year and a half been for you in the photography show organising side of things? Well, um, yeah, obviously since having to, well, first postpone and then cancel last year's show, um, it was, we were obviously really upset about that, but, um, you know, raring to go now again to get on site. Um, but yeah, I, I actually uh, went on uh, maternity leave uh, for a bit and left my colleagues to it. Uh, good timing or bad timing, you, you could say. Um, and um, in my absence, they did some amazing work doing some um, virtual shows. We did two in total, so one in the September and then one in March just gone. So um, yeah, the March one was called Spring Shoots. And those went really well. It just enabled us to really keep in touch with um, the photography community and our exhibitors and sponsors and stuff and put out some great content. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's definitely been a, a hard sort of 18 months, I think, um, uh, for, for, for the team and um, well, for the industry as a whole, I guess. It must have been incredibly painful after all the work that you put into the photography show happening to have it just not happen. And it was so close. I mean, the the plug was finally pulled on everything, what, a week and a half, two weeks before the event was supposed to happen? Yeah, not even that. We were due to go on site, I think, uh, in, in a, you know, a few days later. So, yeah, it was really close to the event, but it turned out to be the right call um, to make um, because everything, you know, got shut down shortly afterwards. And it was the right call, for, for, you know, for everybody's safety, really. So, yeah, we, we were pretty heartbroken, but um, you've got to do what you've got to do. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the past is in the past. 2021, you're back. Um, it's all happening. How has the preparation been for this one? I can imagine that there's been this own set of hurdles and difficulties just for getting this one organised. Yeah, I mean, I guess we would start off with, you know, we, we're in different halls this time. So that means a different floor plan and fitting around things uh, there and different shape and where everybody goes and stuff. Um, and yeah, of course, you know, um, people being unsure about what's happening. So, you know, we, we've we've just um, we, we've done as much planning in advance as it, well, we did as much planning as in advance as we could sort of knew exactly what we were we wanted to do. Um, and um, but yeah, it's been it's 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 been good actually we're really looking forward to 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 the show and um you know we've definitely got a really good program of um educational content um there and some really great names on the stages so we're really looking forward to it obviously last year the big reason that we got you guys on was to talk about the analog spotlight um the big new analog presence at the photography show something that had been growing gradually over the previous years but last year was going to be a really big leap forwards um, into making that happen and this is going to happen now uh, and Hamish you are one of the key people um, behind making this happen working with us to make this happen so tell us about what the analog spotlight is going to be well I, I, I really can't take very much credit for it <laughs> the bit that I take credit for is ringing Ruth originally <laughs> and saying you should have more analog stuff at the photography show and Ruth went yeah we know how can can you help <laughs> and i went yeah cool and then <laughs> basically put her in touch with some people and then they've just rolled with it um but yeah i mean it's it it always felt like the photography show that that has been the photography show since it you know since it was since it started i suppose was a lot more digital um a lot more digital focused um, and obviously, with the with the shift, I think towards analog, I guess that had been on your that was on your agenda anyway, wasn't it, Ruth? The kind of not necessarily the shift towards, but the kind of uh, just analog, but the kind of 
um, the sort of sort of a need and a want to engage with that, um, I suppose, younger a younger audience that um, yeah more interested and... in more um, alternative types of photography, not just the traditional, you know, turn up with a massive Canon with a massive white lens on the front type thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we really wanted to um, yeah, as you say, get in touch with that community and and feature, you know, lots of different content that appeals to lots of different people. So yeah. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's you know I think it's what's interesting about photography as a whole is the kind of the range of possibilities and the range of options. It's not you know for me, okay, obviously thirty five MC is a is a largely analog site, but really it's about different. The point of my website is it's about different types of photography that just aren't you, you, you know your modern bang up to date digital photography, and that's what interests me about photography and i know there's a lot of people out there that are interested in it so i think it just makes total sense that the biggest photography event in the uk should have more of that sort of stuff happening so it is you know for me it's really exciting to be involved in the organization sorry is my computer binging can you hear that mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah um it's yeah really exciting to be involved in the sort of process of or you know even a tiny bit involved in the process of bringing a lot more of that stuff to the show I think you've been quite involved. You're doing your you're doing your part down there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think it's nice. Like I feel like um, a, a lot of the analog stuff that I've now seen has been very like it's a lot more experimental than I perhaps thought it was before, and that's actually really that's great because you know it's it's bringing a whole different type of creativity into the show and showing people what's possible that they might not have thought to do before. So yeah, I think it's really cool. Mm. Yeah, exactly, and it's more than the alternative photography i don't really like the word alternative but the the, the the less mainstream photography scene isn't just lamography and instax i think that's kind of that's the key message as far as i'm concerned you know certainly to people and i think you know there's a lot of people in digital photography or mainstream photography that probably you know aren't necessarily aware of some of the stuff some of the other types of photography that are out there and and pro probably can be inspired by the different types of um uh, organizations that might be at the show and the different types of talks i mean certainly um you know speaking to um sophie and i know paul's had a lot of conversations um about the about the talks uh, you know helping with the lining up all the different talks there's a lot more um inspiring stuff in that sense isn't there it's not just as i say it's not just about a role of 35 mil film it's inspiring stuff that's not that's that's just not what conventionally you might find that what, what i think people would assume you would conventionally find at the photography show yeah yeah no i think so too so ruth i know the person you're the one who's got all of this information in front of them so can you give us um a bit of a rundown of who is going to be there what sort of talks because as you said the the talks and the educational side is a big part of this as well it's not just people with stalls there it is um talks education all sorts of stuff going on so what's happening yeah so essentially so we've got just to i guess to remind people that we've got um an area that we're calling analog spot analog spotlight and it um is a collection of micro businesses in the film photography world um and then there's some bigger stands ar around them as well um so other, other brands too um and on analog spotlight um as well as the um small businesses the 
uh, with kind of innovative products, there's um, a, a, a talk stage um, with a, a full program of talks um, the, the whole the whole time basically it's, it, it's packed um, and some of those are from exhibitors so people like um, Sam from SolarCan, um, you know um, Matt Parry from Ilford Photo and uh, a few others as well um, are doing uh, are doing talks on there um, but then we've got a lot of um, a lot of sort of independent speakers as well so um, I've, I've, just to kind of name a few we've got um, Alexandra Heron, who has been capturing, she's she's got a project ca capturing the stories of, of people on the autistic spectrum and um, and how she does that through through analog work. Um, Ed Carr, who I think do you know Hamish, I think um, yeah. I think you know pretty much pretty much everyone actually. Um, uh, Ed is doing um, he, he did a fascinating project on um, using uh, cyanotypes and pinholes to to make um, a moving image. Um, it's awesome it's like no, a, it's, I haven't. it's a music a music video that he shot um i'm not sure he, i'm not sure no it wasn't a pin, i don't think it was a pinhole camera maybe it was i don't know um, whatever he shot it on he shot it on he shot it and then it's a it's a, the whole music video is is every frame or pretty much every frame is made from a cyanotype print so it's literally thousands and thousands of cyanotype print and the funny thing is i i chuckle about this because I make videos and I know how much of a hole he dug himself into because he, he, he instead of making it at 18 frames per second which is like conventional for mm -hmm. um you know like time lapse and stuff he did it in 24 frames per second so he would have to have made crap loads more files <laughs> just because oh, of the frame anyway that's by the by I cannot yeah. imagine that's that's a proper labor of love isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's brilliant I mean you should it's on the website on my on 35 MC Graham you have to give me a link and I'll make sure it's in the show notes and also I watch yeah. it myself. Definitely yeah, worth yeah. <laughs> definitely worth checking out. But yeah, and and he's so he's doing a talk on that and then um him and um Ed and uh, Hannah Fletcher as well, they're doing something on um sustainability um uh in analog photography. Um we've got Molly Matcham, who does weddings and commercial work and does shoots all her stuff on on film, um, the Grain Girls Collective, um, they're doing a session very much aimed at um at beginners. And then we've got Dan Rubin, who's uh, doing a, doing a session, and and also, I don't think it's on our site yet, but he will be doing a photo walk as well in conjunction with Ilford. Um, so that's great. Sable Photographer Society are talking about vintage lenses on modern cameras. Um, all sorts going on. So yeah, it's 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 really it's really jam packed. Um, and and as you were saying before, there's lots of brands as well there. So um, I just I guess I'll, I might as well name them all. Uh, we've got Chroma Camera, um, Pixelator, Silverpan, Intrepid, uh, Zone Imaging Lab, Cosmophoto, Analog Wonderland. Uh, there's uh, Patterson, Tetanol, Solarcan, MS Hobbies, Ilford Photo, as mentioned before, and and probably some that I've not named. So I'm really sorry <laughs> if I've not named you. <laughs> but yeah, there's 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 a there's a really nice range of um, range of uh, companies exhibiting as well. So uh, yeah, we're really excited about it. It's great. It's, <laughs> it's a great list of people going and for anybody, whether or not they're already in analog photography, there's going to be talks and conversations had that have not been had there before that they won't have been exposed to before. I think that's great. I think it's it's such a nice, refreshing thing f for everybody, but especially to come to the photography show, which has, you know, the digital world has dominated for a few years now and it's it's great to see it um analog kicking the door back in and demanding attention like a stroppy teen it's fantastic <laughs> um hey mish you know do you think that this last year so many people have had so much enforced time off 
uh, or off seems, but some enforced time to do stuff. Do you think that analog photography uh, that would have been a boost for the number of people getting involved with it all? Uh, well, I, I, no, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, statistically, it has. I mean, that you know, you you only have to speak to Patterson or Ilford, and they've they've sold more stuff. So, I mean, I know Patterson obviously because of Pixelator. I know Patterson quite well. I mean, they they have sold a lot of home developing kits and so yeah i mean it just it, it, i think lockdown was sounds like you know it's not good for good for analog i think lockdown wasn't good for anything really was it but it it, it certainly um yeah it did inspire people to, to yeah find ways to be creative at home and i think you know certainly home developing was what was one of those for sure um, but do you think of sorry, Graham? No, no, carry on. Gonna, I was just going to say, do you think as well? But it's because people had more time to play with, and so they it, they were able to take on things that aren't necessarily something that's immediate, something that mm. takes a little bit more time. To, but you know, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I yeah, think, no, I think you know what point. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean these are some of the things that obviously that book that me and Holly are going to put out as well, the um, photography through the pandemic. That's analog based analog focused and it, it, those these are some of the the stories that people tell in that that book so yeah when suddenly time goes from being the most precious commodity to you to one that you suddenly have in an abundance that you're not used to it changes everything doesn't it it really does it changes how you and suddenly the digital world makes less sense why do you need to do everything as quickly as you possibly can when you can actually take your time and um hamish your cough is perfect because that brings up the next thing obviously Everybody is going to be thinking about COVID with regards to the photography show. Um, what are you guys doing to make the show as safe as possible for everybody visiting? I see what you did there with the cough thing. Very nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good segue. Um, yeah, well, there's, um, you know, there's lots of things in place. Um, there, there are now... Um, we had to wait a while for them, but there are now um, sort of some standard industry guidelines that most venues are putting in place. Um, so um, the venue itself has kind of en enhanced cleaning regimes. There's loads of um, sanitizer stations around and things like that. Um, and and as a show, there are certain things we're doing. So we are we're doing staggered entry, so people can indicate a time of arrival. We're open an hour earlier in the morning to sort of ease that flow of people in. Anyone that's been to the photography show before, especially on the Saturday, will remember the big horde of people in the welcome area waiting to get in the door and race down the aisles but we um, much as we love that and it makes for great photos um we're um we're not doing that this time just to avoid having so many people um crushed together like that so we'll we're we're kind of doing wider aisles in um in most places as well so it gives people more room to circulate um what else are we doing um we'll be advising or recommending um masks in busy places or face coverings in busy places like theaters or food queues things like that um as i said yeah there's there's staff around that will be basically marshalling to to just avoid you know if there's too much of a crowd somewhere they'll sort of gently ask people to maybe come back later um what else are we doing yeah um, and on the way into the um to the nec um people are asked to um prove their covid status so whether that's with the app um the, you know the nhs app or with um the the lateral lateral flow test result on a text or email um and, and things like that so people can um Prove their status to get in. So once it once everybody's in the venue, um, we know everybody's been checked, um, and um, 
then of course people are sanitizing all the time exhibitors will be doing lots of lots of cleaning down of products and things where possible um and um you know there, there might be some signage on some stands that ask people to you know if it's a bit crowded please um please wait a little bit be patient things like that so yeah there's there's lots going on to to, to that that i hope will reassure everyone and um certainly from the, the the feedback we've had from surveys and things it's, it seems to um you know people seem to be getting more confident about coming into uh, into venues because we, we we think it'll be as, as safe as possible awesome well hamish i'll leave it <laughs> leave it with you to tie it all up why should people come to the photography show this year why should our listeners specifically because i mean other than our listeners i don't care they can make their own decisions but why should our listeners want to come to photography show this year just been wondering what app i need to get what's the app that i need to get to prove that i've had my vaccinations <laughs> you don't have to get it because you can you can do it in other ways um but it's the nhs app not the covid not the not the track and trace app the nhs app just NHS app. Right. Yeah, if you go on to, I think it's... I <laughs> but don't know. do it if right you, now, Hamish. Focus if you on Google NHS, <laughs> NHS COVID app, there's instructions on how to get it on there. Or there's a link from our website, actually, in the Keeping You Safe section. Cool. <laughs> so you'll see it there. I'm sure me asking that question was useful to some of the people listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, why should people... Go? Well, I, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it is the first time for the for the photography show yes i'm allowed to have a little three second think about my words graham <laughs> if only <laughs> listeners knew how much i had to edit every podcast you're on to take out the five minute gaps between speech i just like dead air um, <laughs> he's very considered yeah yeah uh, i'm just not very clever i just have to think about stuff before i say it and um, it's the well it, i mean the reality of the situation is that we've 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 been you know what over a year a year and a half whatever it is trying to make a analog presence at the photography show and that i think is something you know it feels like more of a cheap an achievement now it's it was so postponed and i think you know as i was saying it's it's not just about the analog stuff it's about all of the other stuff that comes along with it that the photography that i know ruth and her team have been sort of inspired to include in the photography show you know i know the reasons they're doing this it's not just about having a couple more companies there it's about engaging with um an entirely new audience and that audience is essentially us so yes we should be there because there's stuff there for us that's the that's the reality of this i think we want to support photography as a, 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 the, as a whole, really, and, and, and engage with photography as a whole. So, yeah, we, we want to include as many people as possible, as you say. Well, I'm really looking enough? forward to being there. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was good enough. Listen, I expected no better than that. That was fantastic, Hamish. <laughs> a backhanded compliment. Waffly bollocks, that's what you do. Do you know, it's actually going to be, by the time we get on site, it will have been two and a half years since the last one. Two and and we were years. talking about this then. <laughs> Oh, wait, yeah. no, it was, wasn't it? Just before the first time I spoke to you was just before the 2019 one, wasn't it? Yep, yep, yeah. So, because we were talking yeah, on site yeah. as well, and yeah, so that was March 2019. So, it's, it's been a long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? That's the way this all works. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to being there and seeing all of this stuff. I would, I would. It was really disappointing. We were all so geared up for it last year, and for it then not to happen was—it just was disappointing. Um, 
but I'm really looking forward to seeing it this year and the fact there's going to be different stuff there and things have moved on in a lot of ways and it's going to be in some ways a lot of the things that would have been there last year are going to be there in a more developed way this year because the the companies that are there are more developed than they were this time last year um so at least mine at least yours Hamish exactly but not just yours yours and many many others i think it's going to be really good and i'm really looking forward to seeing as many listeners as feel comfortable being there and can be there because they're in the right country and all that stuff we can't wait to see there we have got um i know i mentioned it later in the show this is bizarre time travel stuff here but just to let everybody know now we have got a discount code, so if you haven't got your ticket yet, you can get 20% off a standard adult ticket using the code SUNTPS21, that's S-U-N-T-P-S-21, that's for a standard adult ticket um, doesn't, you know, without any other concessions and stuff, so do check that out. Or if you're a professional photographer, as I'm sure almost all of our listeners are, um, like me, uh, then you can apply, you can get a free ticket, right? Is that right, Ruth, if you're a professional photographer? You can, yeah. You um, just need to go onto our website and click onto the register and the professional bit and you just have to answer some questions. It goes through a little validation thing and then, um, yeah, let you in for free. <laughs> yeah. Other questions, things like which is best, Canon or Nikon? And if you get it wrong, then they go, no, you're not professional. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're not that kind of question. <laughs> okay, just checking. Um, lovely. Well, guys, thank you so much. I can't wait to see you in West less than a month's time now. Well, that was a very interesting conversation, wasn't it? He says, <laughs> not knowing because it's in the, it's it's not going to be recorded or even the conversation not even held for two days into the future. But I'm sure it was an interesting conversation. I've never heard Hamish as happy as that, so that's a good turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> I admire your optimism. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm not saying that because we've recorded right so so those listening to this after the edit i'm not saying that because we recorded six different versions of what hamish might be like just and, and graham chose the most appropriate one that's me that's me being positive on hamish's behalf hi hamish how you doing anyway uh we're gonna get uh get get down and dirty with some listener emails now i think aren't we and some cheap shot challenge entries and stuff like that so i'm gonna dive straight in uh first email uh is is rather a long one uh so graham has graciously assigned it to me to read you're welcome <laughs> it starts off oh sorry, sorry it's from alex morrison uh who starts off hello sun bums <laughs> guess he's talking to one of you two <laughs> uh, with the with the sunniest of the beams now somewhat busy that is true uh that is true i am very busy um if the first equal to that title is present in backing paper then i apologize profusely to claire all others present on this podcast sun bums it is i uh, see there's some somebody who knows the process there alex he assumes that this is going to be read out on a backing paper show but actually um actually it's not also, I think it very much lumps you. That's you, me, and John who are officially the sun bums, which I think is yes. a fitting aid. Do you know? I I could see myself lounging around in yeah you know, some some shorts with palm trees on, you know, maybe with some kind of rum based cocktail. You know that that's sun bumish, is that, mm -hmm. is that absolutely? Right? Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. I, I will endeavour to to be allowed to travel to somewhere sunny at some point in the in non determined future. 
anyway, right. Sorry, let's get on with Alex's email because it's it's a it's a genuinely long email, and the more I prevaricate, the longer it will be. He says, "I have recently moved from Las Vegas, Nevada, to Bristol, South Gloucestershire." Gosh. Um, both excellent places. Um, I very much love Bristol. I lived in Bristol as a kid, actually. A fantastic place, and I've been there a lot as an adult. Um, Las Vegas, interesting town. Um, in photographic terms, this is a move from Sunny 64 and the land of Ansel Adams to Cloudy 5.6 and the land of Fox Tolbert. That is ever so true. Yes, Sunny 16 being an English podcast is definitely one of the worst named podcasts you could be because Sunny in this country is only ever Sunny 11. It's never Sunny 16. <laughs> There are definite pluses and minuses to the move. The scenery of the Western United States is simply breathtaking. True, true. Uh, but I will admit to wishing for clouds in a good number of my photos from there. It's just a shame that so many of the clouds in the Western United Kingdom seem to leak. <laughs> Yes, that is also true. But the main pluses have been the environment I've come back to. Short of flying to Seattle for the quite simply stunning Ansel Adams exhibition, there was little to celebrate culturally where I was living. First shout out, if anyone listening to this can get to Seattle for this, it is an absolute must. In contrast, the photographic scene and even the analogue scene in Bristol looks fantastic. I am now a proud member of the St. Paul's Community Dark Room, which is a great space within cycling distance of home, catering for 135. Oh, no, sorry, not my people. Catering, <laughs> I, read cater, I read catering and I thought food. Maybe I should have had more dinner. Catering for 135 film <laughs> through five by four. Maybe I should proofread these emails. <laughs> and even has a large UV box for alternate processes. This is managed by The Real Photography Company, a community outreach company who have also been running outdoor workshops. I now have a cyanotype up on my fridge from one, as well as learning you can print from turmeric. Who knew? That's a spice, isn't it? It is indeed, and this is the stuff we've mentioned this a few times because that is the stuff that um, Justin Quinnell, our friend Justin Quinnell, has been very uh, heavily course, involved in organising. yes. yes. Yes, he's from around that neck of the woods as he well. He most isn't he? certainly is. Mm. Okay. Uh, well, and um, the home of Banksy as well, I think. <laughs> Banksy from Bristol? I don't know. <laughs> I think he might be. There's a lot of Banksy's in Bristol. A lot of them, but a lot of the early Banksy's are in Bristol. The inaugural Bristol Photo Festival is ongoing. Cool. This would be good at any time, uh, but to be running it after it was formally approved and launched in March 2020. <laughs> it is simply phenomenal. A load of pictures from the Martin Parr Foundation, as well as a lot of artists I didn't recognise, but now gratefully, greatly admire. Uh, Martin Parr Foundation is based in Bristol as well, I believe, uh, if not in the city centre than just outside and my final shout out the london camera exchange conveniently close to the very photogenic docks and cathedral where i went in just to look <laughs> sold me two pouches for my lenses definitely better than the socks they'd been in until then <laughs> i <laughs> okay. love it two 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 lens pouches for the princely sum of one pound that's a bargain um do you know what this is making me um uh, uh 
what's the word nostalgic one of my one of the things that happened to me as an adult is sort of every five years or so i'd get some work that was based in bristol and i'd have to stay in bristol and you know i remember things like in the very early days of instagram you know uh where, when it was still properly independent and people used to do insta meets i remember staying in a hotel in the center of bristol in the docks I was working there on a client project and going in the evening and meeting up with some people, complete strangers, of course, in a, a local pub and an, on an Insta meet. Um, and uh, yeah, God, that was in the days when Instagram was fun. Wow. <laughs> uh, the good old, you know what's making me nostalgic for? It's making me nostalgic for the good old days when I used to keep my phone in a sock because I didn't have a cover for it. So <laughs> I would keep, this was when I got my first smartphone and um, I, yeah, I kept it in a sock and uh, my, my partner at the time was slightly horrified by that. <laughs> I don't I anymore. Don't and it was a clean that. sock. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a clean sock. I think it was the goldy looking chain, wasn't it? That said, if you put a marble in your sock, you can walk like a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> Great advice for life there. Yeah, Newport's finest rappers. Anyway, um, in short, back, back to the email. Still about halfway through the email now. In short, I'm going to enjoy living in Bristol. I hope that's good to know, which is a welcome relief. Uh, whilst we weren't dreading it, we always knew that the Western USA was going to be hard to beat. And I've even got new cameras to enjoy it with. After cleaning out her late mother's house, my mother-in-law gifted me two point-and-shoots, one of which will be my new Cheap Shots Challenge camera. Exposures made, hoping to process this weekend. The two films from the point-and-shoots are on their way to the Pyromancer's Zone Imaging Lab, and I hope that some of the images will have survived the 20-plus years they were in storage. Wow. <laughs> okay. But the star was a somewhat battered Kodak Hawkeye. Hawk Eye, the two words are deliberate. Model C UK 620. Wow. So it says Kodak Hawk Eye, Model C brackets UK 620. I've now put a roll of Delta 100 through it, courtesy of the FPP via Analog Wonderland. We have a photo of my wife's grandfather holding said camera, as well as what I suspect are a number of contact prints from it. I've had a go at cleaning the rather grimy lens, but think the photographs from it will be sub Holger esque. <laughs> sub esque at uh, best. I'm looking at that. That's quite a statement, that is, isn't it? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what I can do with this camera, even if it will take some interpretation. <laughs> Having a camera with history and a link to the family is definitely somewhat special. Yeah, I can get that totally. Yes, yeah. Uh, so whilst I've got a very different set of subjects in front of me now, I'm still very happy to be living in Bristol and I'm going to enjoy the new challenges presented and the new toys to play with. Shout outs to Bristol. From Alex, cool. That's I, awesome. I have great fond memories, not just of Insta Meets, but I used to just take a camera with me and go out for evening walks from the hotel, around the docks, up the hill into Clifton Village. It's all sorts of places you can walk around the centre of Bristol. Loads of street art everywhere, not just Banksy's. Loads of street art everywhere, sculptures, all sorts of stuff. It's a fantastic place to go for a photo walk. So, Alex, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, I've only visited once. I met up with another Alex, uh, my friend Alex Purcell, uh, who said, oh, let's meet him in Bristol and go for a walk. And um, Alex is a terrible person for taking you around Bristol because he doesn't know where anything is, I don't think. And the only thing I remember was a dead pigeon. But I'm sure Bristol has more to offer than a dead pigeon. I'm just saying that was my takeaway from the day, <laughs> from the Alex Purcell tour, tourist board um, of Bristol. So. <laughs> You know, your mileage may vary. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Uh, the next email is the first of our Cheap Shots Challenge ones for this episode. 
And this is from Keith Durkin, who writes in, Hi Sunbeams, like it has been for many, the last uh, 16 months have been a slog. Work got extra busy, travel was not possible, and taking pictures like many other things felt inappropriate considering what was happening. But things are starting to get back to normal here in Belgium, and thanks to the vaccines, my wife and I were recently able oh sorry, my wife and I were recently able to take our first trip since the start of the unpleasantness. We visited her family in Naples and also spent a week on the island of Ischia. Eh? Go this year, yeah. Ischia in the Bay of Naples. Both images were taken on that trip using my Ricoh FF9 point and shoot loaded with Kentmere 400. The first is an image looking down uh, on the streets of Quateri. <laughs> oh man, I should have proofread this Qu- and given it to somebody Quartieri. else. Quateri. Quateri, yeah, I like that. Quateri Spagnoli in Naples. While the second is from a beach on Ischia with the Aragonese castle in the background. All the best, Keith. P.S., because I just follow up email. I backed the Pixelator Kickstarter many moons ago, and when it arrived, it went in the drawer, as it seemed to be too much faff compared to using my Epson V550. (laughs) For the latest round of the Cheap Shots Challenge, I was not fully happy with the images, so I pulled out the Pixelator and tried a DSLR scan using a macro lens for the first time. I am really impressed with how much better the image quality was and see myself using this approach from now on. Thanks to Hamish for producing a great little gadget. All the best from Keith. Recovered it at the end there, Keith. Well done. Absolutely. I, I just, I'm just laughing at the fact that if you think it's a faff to use, just think how much of a faff it was to produce. <laughs> <laughs> um, incidentally, just as this ties in, uh, soon on the Sunny 16 Presents feed, we will have an episode up on camera scanning that John Michael Mendeza has made for us. So that will be going up in the next week or so. So look forward to that if you have any interest in having a go at camera scanning. Uh, good tie in there. So this is great. This is synchronicity going well. Um, <laughs> let's have a look at these pictures, shall we? So this first one, where was this first one taken again, Aid? Uh, in the <laughs> yes, the Cartieri Spagnoli, which, which might um, which which might be Italian for Spanish quarter. So it might be the neighbourhood in the in, in in the city of Napoli. Or I thought it meant like Four Seasons spaghetti. <laughs> Shows me that my isn't very good. Um, I really like this picture. I I love it. So it's. It's, as it says, looking down on a, um, uh, not exactly cobbled, but um, a tiled stone street. Paved. St- a stone paved street. It yes. looks like it's a crossroads, doesn't it? Yeah. And really nice light and shadow. So you've got shadows up either side from the buildings and this great pathway of light through the middle of it. And then there's a motorcyclist smack bang in the middle of that pathway with his shadow being cast right down. So it's supposed to have been taken pretty late in the day to get these mm. great long shadows. Really yeah. nice. I oh, like it a lot. Yes. Yes. And then uh, the second one, uh, I've got to go back. What, what, what was the second one called? The Aragonese, or, or if it's Italian, maybe Aragonese uh, castle uh, on the island of Ischia. So we're going with the Aragonese Castle on the island of Ischia and apologies to everybody who actually knows how to pronounce Italian stuff and uh, I've got that terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Again, I I I really love this picture. I really do. Um so for uh, will these pictures will be available to see at some point in the future. 
Uh, yeah, so so this this is interesting actually because it's clearly there's a there's a, a big volcanic rock that's just off the shore um, with a big castle on it. It's a sort of for those people that uh, know what Edinburgh Castle looks like, if you can imagine an Italian version of that, um, with deck chairs in the foreground because it's by the beach. That's what I love about it. I love the contrast between you've got this lovely beach scene. <laughs> The first two thirds of the picture, this lovely, sunny, beautiful, everyone's on the beach having fun, and then the top third is this ominous black mm. rock with a castle on it. Mm. <laughs> Just it's definite like... Bond villain territory, isn't it? It's it's like you, yeah, de- definite Bond villain kind of castle. What do you think, Claire? Does that look like kind of place Def- that castle yeah, looks like? Def- it's crying out for you to go and do something crazy there. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, definitely, I agree with age. The Bond. Um, Bond territory in the background. <laughs> it's either that or it's the Palace of Monte Carlo and Grace Kelly is on a balcony somewhere. Yeah. Know, something like that, yeah. But I love the deck chairs. I like deck chairs. They're very underrated, I find. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I haven't been to ratemydeckchair.com lately, so I don't know quite where it is. <laughs> oh, we okay. should see if that's actually a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and if it isn't, we should definitely make it. Um, you going to take this next one, Claire, from Billy Sanford? Yeah, so this is, again, this is another um, cheap shot challenge unwind um, email. So, hello, Sunbeams. Um, continuing in my hallowed tradition of mediocrity. You please, and me both. I, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't agree with that, but please find attached my entries for the cheap shot challenge with the theme of unwind. These images were taken with the revered Vivitar series, um, I can't see, 1460PZ data back. On HP5, rated out well, who knows what the Vivitar thought it had in it, but I developed for 400 um, in D76. So the image one is called the cookout. Of course, cooking involves work and many see it as a way to sustain life rather than finding it as a relaxing endeavour. But throughout my life, cookouts have often been an excuse for friends and family to gather and enjoy each other's fellowship. So that is the spirit of this image. Of course, keen observers will notice that there are no friends or family in this image, which which speaks of our COVID times. Um, So I've got that first picture there. Yeah, I I agree with... um, I like the, the meaning behind that image and... I think I'm definitely in that camp of someone that um, lives to eat rather than eats to live. And I do like, um, I don't know about you two, but I do like things like um, nice lunches with your friends. And oh, yeah, I do like that. Yes. And, and, you know, um, yeah. I'm definitely, I do, I do, do like that sort of thing. Yes. I have to admit that I am one of the people who finds cooking stressful. I, I know a lot of people find it you know, relaxing and therapeutic and what have you, but for me, it's just stressful. So. Would it? Would you get more joy from it, Aid, if you had, as we have in Billy's great picture here, so we've got um, just this lovely table with this little uh, egg-shaped or John-shaped, if you will, barbecue grill on it. Um, and in front of that is this really cool, like, opening case of barbecue tools. Yeah. If you had it's a like cool a- toolkit like that. It is, it, so, so it looks like the it looks like a socket set, doesn't it? Like mm. where it's, every little tool has got a place in this moulded plastic case. Except it's not. It's a it's a barbecuing kit or a cookout kit. Um, would I? Would I? Uh, I don't know. 
<laughs> I, it's just, just it's never done anything. It, not not to take anything away from the photograph, of course, but cooking itself has, has never done anything for me. So it's, um, it's yeah. Uh, but but hey, you know, hey, I'm just I was banking like on that. you. I was banking on you cooking as a lovely meal when we came to visit you. <laughs> Are you going to come visit? That'd be cool. Well, I'll do your barbecue. That's about the limit of that's about the limit of uh, my capability. I can. I think I can do stir fry as well. But oh. there was also the all important can of beer next to the uh, toolkit. So that I mean that at least should be some incentive. I think to relaxation and unwinding. Indeed. Uh. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so, so we'll move on to Billy's um, image two, which is called Damn Fishermen. So the subjects in this photograph are rather small in the frame, so it may not be obvious. The main thing I do personally to unwind is photography. So I thought about an image of cameras or a mirror selfie. But as I was out unwinding through photography, I visited a dam not far from my home. Many big birds, such as eagles and herons, oh, I love herons, nest close by due to the food source in the water. Also, the river downstream of the dam winds through a rather picturesque valley. And of course, there are all sorts of pylons that we enjoy photographing, supporting the electrical cables exiting the power station. So, it is a place I come to every now and again to unwind myself. I was there on this day to practice some wide-angle shots capturing the expanse of the river and dam and luckily had my cheap shots challenge camera with me when I noticed these two gentlemen fishing where the water exits the power station. Apparently the churn of the water at that spot makes a good place to fish. The mm. birds like to fish there also. I do not fish myself but I know many people who enjoy it and proclaim it as a relaxing activity. To make another very tenuous connection to the pandemic Although these men are relaxing, the sign directly in front of them warns of possible danger. Um, and then, do you want to describe the the picture, Graham? Um, yeah, so it's uh, a, well, it's a picture of a big dam, it's a big concrete dam, <laughs> big concrete dam. Um, and the two gentlemen, yeah, yeah, two gentlemen in there. So there's a big concrete. Obviously, it's big, and you've got the water on the left hand side, and you've got the two gentlemen, quite small in the frame and distance. But I like that. I like their smallness in relation to the bigness mm. of the dam. I enjoy that a lot. As always, it was fun working through the role in order to participate and a good exercise trying to fit the brief. Hoping all are well, Billy. Thanks, Billy. Yes, um, thanks, Billy. I go, just going back to something he said yeah. about taking photographs of electrical cables and pylons and stuff. I'm pretty sure I once lost a cheap shots challenge because I didn't have enough pylons in my photo. Oh, still so bitter. <laughs> still so bitter. <laughs> Uh, yes, but that is also true. Um, I can't remember who I lost to. Some one-hit wonder. Or <laughs> yeah, that is also where, so true. Where is Billy living? He sees eagles. Can we, can uh, America? <laughs> yes, I know where. Uh, in Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, of course, Alabama. Yeah, Alabama. That's, uh, yeah. that's, my, that's my great Alabama accent. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I really like this picture. Um, I like this. Fishing, not a thing that has ever appealed to me, I'll be honest. But um, I like seeing the people there. I think it's one of those things that just seeing those people are doing that thing really makes that picture come alive, obviously, because there's life in it. But it's such yeah, a but it, it, it gives you scale. Mm. I like the way the leading lines in the foreground lead basically towards the fishermen as well. So, yeah, it's it's got some good sort of technical com compositioning 
components. Um, I'm not good <laughs> at the technical speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you nailed it. I think you've absolutely nailed it. Um, do you want to move on to the next one then, Aid, from Phil Goff? Okay. Yes, new emailer, I... Phil Goff. Always exciting. I love getting a new emailer, by the way. Oh, yeah, indeed, indeed. So Phil says, Dear Sonnies, I thought I'd share my cheap shots photos in combination with my first email to you lovely people. I got into film photography only this year using a hand-me-down Casino CT4 that was gifted to me by my father and subsequently used for these photos. Nice. Okay, well, it passes the first test. It was If it was gifted, definitely cheap. I hope the CT4 counts as a cheap shots camera. Oh, yep as it was a freebie and has the glorious bonuses of a back that often partially opens <laughs> and a film <laughs> advance that ensures that there will always be some frames completely overlapped without rhyme or reason. <laughs> I think these attributes, alongside the fact my dad bought it in the early 80s, are why I love it so much. It sounds like an ideal cheap it's shots perfect, ca camera. Absolutely. Film. I think anything the casino makes is probably going to fall nicely into the cheap shots category. Don't they, don't they own Voigtlander, though? Or is that... Okay, well, anything the casino puts its name on like that, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Good point. Well um, made. It may soon be replaced for future Cheap Shots challenges, however, by a recent... Oh, sorry. It may soon be replaced for future Cheap Shots challenges, however, by a recently purchased bargain, Sure Shot A1, Ooh. or another freebie of a no-name plastic camera whose only settings are a photo of a cloud or a photo of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. My suggestion would be keep that casino hanging around. <laughs> Neither of those are likely to last long. Yeah, well, do you know what? I like the idea because, I mean, you know, shooting in the Holgers, um, I, I like the idea of having, is it you know, just cloudy or sunny? That may, you know, put, in, put in some reasonably uh, robust film that has got quite a lot of... Uh, uh, quite a lot of latitude and, yeah, and just you know, be happy not worrying about stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, he's, uh, sorry, Phil continues. Anyway, about the shots. During the fun-filled year of travelling we've just had, not, I decided to purchase some paddle boards for my partner and I to explore the local rivers and canals of Oxfordshire. Oh, he's local to you then, then Graham. See, and occasionally good. venture to the coast. Wow, that's a long paddleboard, isn't it? From <laughs> Oxfordshire to the coast. <laughs> All the way oh, down you, the Thames. It's a lovely yeah, you've trip. Got to go you've got to go through Henley and Marlow and Reading. <laughs> and you know, London. Uh, Richmond. <laughs> Vauxhall. Half a <of> Kent. <laughs> That's dedication to paddleboarding, that is, Phil. Well done. Um, anyway, uh, sorry, I digress. Um, the, so uh, this relaxing activity has saved us no end in this strange year and will be something we do for years to come. These shots are from a recent trip to Pool, and I'm impressed that the already troubled casino was not faced at all by sun, sea and sand galore. Thanks for inspiring my analogue adventures, Phil Goff. Well, I'd be intrigued at how you paddleboard from Oxford to Pool. <laughs> um, uh, but otherwise, that's, other than that, let's have a look at these photos. So the, the first of these then is is uh, a photo of many, maybe seven or eight paddle boards all lined up on the beach in a row with their fins sticking in the air, yeah, looking like baby fins. sharks. Yep. Uh, I like that. I like the the repetition of the pattern, but they're they're, mm. they're, they're a bit higgledy piggledy, which is nice because it's kind of an organic pattern. Uh, and uh, so so yeah, that, that 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 looks cool. Liking that one. Um, yeah, I really like with this... that one. I mean, I know it's one of those things that, you know, it's, Phil didn't mention what film he used, but, and obviously these things that it's post processing and developed, but I really love how dark the fins are on those. Like the tonality of it is just, they, they really pop, don't they? There's a really nice, they're nice and black, those fins. 
Yeah, definitely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's a good one. And then the second one. Ah, now this is this is a um, a, a paddle boarder's point of view. There are two paddle boards facing out to to the sea or a lake. Look, it's just it's a, it's either a small bay or it's a or it's a large lake. Um, you can imagine the two paddle boarders. They brought their paddle boards up just on the shoreline above the water, and they're sitting there having a well earned. Uh, paddle break um, kit kat i don't know <laughs> cold beer uh and uh in so it's somewhere where there's obviously some kite surfing going on because there, there's two kites uh in the air um and uh you yeah, clearly the clearly a somewhat windy day uh for the kite service to be out because those kites look full don't they um good to yeah de definitely um a good travel camera then uh this casino yeah, absolutely. Mm. I love that. It's a slightly almost romantic feeling picture that, isn't it? Just the two paddle boards side by side, you know. It is. It, that's exactly what I thought, actually. It's definitely a sort of couple-ease romantic picture. And, of course, you've got that, that, that pattern of the two paddle boards is reflected in the top half of the photo with the two kites as well. So it's mm -hmm. definitely, uh, yeah, de definitely uh, a partnership sort of, of photo. But, yeah, it's nice. I like it. Good stuff. Right. Uh, okay. Over back to you then, Graham. For okay. the email oh, hang on. From... Yeah, hang on. I've got to make my writing small again. I made the writing really big so I can see the pictures big. Uh, I was doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We've so... got a very fluid set of feelings. It's so, so organized. Um, okay. This email is, um, this is an email I got from Paul Friday about the photo show. Uh, just as a reminder, obviously, we've already had the conversation. He says, I really hope we've already had the conversation about the photography show. Otherwise, that's going to sound weird. But, um, Paul writes and say, I understand you are bunking off on the Saturday for a wedding. Not necessarily. I might actually be there on the Saturday now, it turns out. Um, even in your absence, may I try an idea on you? There will be a lot of friends of the podcast at the show drifting around all the stands, but obviously with Sunny 16 as their focus. I mean, obviously. obviously. That's obviously why they're there. Uh, <laughs> fancy setting up a group on Bridgify. And he gives us a link to bridgify.me. Now, None of us even knew what Bridgify was until I asked this question before we started recording. Um, Aid, you're the best at explaining technical things. Can you explain what Bridgify is, please? Uh, well, I've only read the first page of their website, but uh, if I've understood it correctly, um, it allows you to send text-type messages uh, over a peer-to-peer -peer Bluetooth network rather than needing Wi-Fi or an internet connection or, or using up lots of text messages on your phone, which would only be one-to-one -one person anyway. So it gives you an ability to have group messaging uh, when there isn't a strong network capability. Um, and uh, yeah, just by hopping from phone to phone using Bluetooth. So um, I think that's what it is. Uh, certainly, it, you know, um, whether or not we can make Bridgify work, certainly the idea of having a group where we can all chat and pass messages around uh, on the day uh, or on the weekend, I should say, uh, is a really good idea. So thanks, Paul. Um, we'll uh, we'll look into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it says it could build a mesh conversation across the show. You could even have a treasure hunt, such as the most expensive camera or lens, silliest accessory, biggest hype, best bargain, etc. Now, this actually is something we've been thinking about, and I think we are going to, for people who are coming, I think we are going to have uh, some sort of treasure hunt, scavenger hunt going on around the show where, yes, um, you have to go and find things and either take pictures of them or maybe even, you know, try and swipe some things. Um, <laughs> 
that are easily swipeable and not and isn't theft. Obviously, we're not going to say you know go you mean, and steal. You mean marketing giveaways? You don't mean exactly. Like, Thank yes. you, Aid. Yeah, I don't mean going to the mo- Nikon and stealing their most expensive cameras. Although so, I mean, sadly, I, if I remember rightly, most of them are chained to the desk anyway. So. Oh, makes it harder. Bring bolt cutters is what we're saying. Um, <laughs> But obviously we will have, well, we'll have more on that on the day. But yeah, we want to do something that's a bit of fun and gives us all something to do whilst we're all mooching around there. So I think that'd be quite good fun. I think it'd be quite fun. Um, I, I will mention now because I just dug it up. Um, and in case I, in case we failed to mention it in the earlier conversation about the photography show, we have got a discount code for the photography show. If you haven't got your tickets yet for the photography show, you can use this discount code to get a 20% discount off a standard adult entry. Uh, and that discount code is SUN, S-U-N, T-P-S 21. Um, and as always in the small print, cannot be used in conjunction with any other promotion, including concession rates. And the code expires on the 15th of September, 2021. Um, so if you haven't got a ticket yet, but you're fancying coming, then use that code and save 20 percent i mean or don't pay the full price i mean <laughs> no, it's gonna fall on those. um but it should be fun and i think we're all hoping to be there on the saturday at that point at this point yeah that's all of our plans right guys uh yes yeah. i think yeah. so i haven't really sorted out the logistics for it yet i might stay over the saturday night and do the sunday as well don't know we'll have to see how it goes yeah i think for me this year it probably will only be the saturday i'm able to get up there because it's just all a little bit mental at the moment but i'm looking forward to, i'm looking forward to catching up with everybody I think it's going to be great fun I'm really looking forward to it and um and yeah we'll definitely we'll we'll um we'll do something like that and we'll try and arrange a prize i'm gonna badger hamish or Stephen or somebody into giving us a prize for a treasure hunt i think that seems like a good idea mm-hmm. or it seems it seems like an idea that we'll do um claire do you want to take this last email from ian wallace yeah this is yeah ian wallace so hi sunnies i wanted to say thank you for including my podcast about andrew guthrie milne's stereo photography Great fun making the recording, and as feedback, I've had several kind comments from listeners, so I believe it's been enjoyed. Many thanks, Ian Wallace. Yeah, just wanted to give this one a shout out. This was a, a podcast we shared on Sunny Sixteen Presents a couple of weeks ago, I think now, and this was um, Ian mm-hmm. talking with his cousin, I think I can't quite remember, but uh, Andrew Guthrie Milne, um, or, or well, uh, about the photographs of Andrew Guthrie Milne and um, the two of them having this conversation about the work because um, they're both related to Andrew Guthrie Milne who was taking these pictures back in the early 1900s and um, Ian's work to visit all the places that the pictures were taken and his experiences with doing this and his experience creating this beautiful book um, on the Hill mm. Road which he has all about these stereo photographs so well worth going and checking out it's really cool, really cool book um, I don't know whether either of you guys have ever looked into stereo photographs at all, but they're they were a fun it intri- thing. It intrigues me. I've never never made any. I don't think, um, but I do like I do like the idea. Um, I play I play. It was playing around. Can't remember whether it was earlier this year or maybe late last year uh, with. Uh, and I can never remember the name of the technique, you know, but, you know, you offset the green and the red. So you create a 3D image. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, what, or blue, blue and red. What on earth is I, it's going to drive me nuts trying to remember that. But I, I got the I got the glasses and everything. 
but yeah, it, it's stereo, stereo photography is something I'd be quite keen to try. I often thought about buying a stereo Holger. Mm. Yeah, the idea, the idea, the the, the the very concept of two Holger lenses being sufficiently similar that you could create a coherent stereo image is a bit laughable. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's yeah. a nice idea. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice idea. I think you should definitely. There's, yeah, and there's a few things that um, I can't remember now, but there was a another um, stereo camera that came out a little while ago. Um, I think it was stereo, I can't remember if it was two lenses or three, but you know there was. There's been a few things lately. You can get stuff relatively inexpensive to have a muck around with this, and these days you can. Um, there are. Um, I don't know if there are apps. Yeah, no, there are apps you can use to put the pictures together to make these kind of three D pictures. You can kind of rotate as well, so you don't have to just kind of see them square on. So yeah, you're cool right. There stuff. was something that came out recently, wasn't there? It was, I think, uh, it had uh, a, a lens that actually had three lenses in it, so it would take three mm. images, but all just because they're slightly offset, they would have a slight, uh, they would have a parallax effect. You could animate in a GIF, and I can't yeah, exactly like the Nashikas, um, mm. like um... yes, yes, like like those, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just um, like that. I um I borrowed one of those. I think it was a Nashika. I borrowed one from Dave off of the forums yonks ago, and kind of never got around to doing anything with it. Um, and then Dave got back in touch last year at some point. I said, "Oh, um, are you using that camera?" I'm like, "No, I'm I'm really not." I said, "I said, oh, could you get it back to me?" I was like, "Oh yeah, sure. Why? What have you got?" I said, "Oh, I'm gonna make some sweet gifts and make loads of money." This was when when the um nfts were blowing up so i don't know whether dave oh, has right. since then made bajillions from making some sweet gifts and saying <laughs> you never know you never know maybe that's why i haven't heard from him since because he's just bought an island somewhere with all of his sweet nft money maybe <laughs> maybe cool um, all right well i think that about does it doesn't it for emails and stuff i think so yeah yes Shall we, in that case, guys, move on to saying thank you to our coffee donors? Because we don't get a chance to get together like this very often and do this, so um, it'll be nice to chance to say thank you to all of our amazing coffee supporters. Um, we were chatting before the show, and I said to the guys, oh, it's great. Um, I looked at my bank account the other day and went, what? what's that money gone out from? Is that, oh, the Sunny 16 Presents feed. We've done a year of that now, and apparently they weren't paying for the another year's hosting. And it's so nice to be able to go, oh, good. I don't have to worry about that coming out of my account well i mean i did it came out of yeah. my account but i could get that money back and it was great but, yeah it is it is amazing it, it is amazing that people are, are so generous to us and, and it's it's a fascinating it's a fantastic thing to to be able to do things and make make, make those decisions about how we publish podcasts and, and launch a second feed when we want to and and stuff like that and all of that is made possible by by the listeners so you know yeah. re- really really grateful for that thank you all um, I've got one uh, a new um, donor this month who I want to say a big thank you to. Um, that's Alison Bell, who is at Analog Alley on Instagram, um, who sent us a little note saying, from a Canadian novice for all the information, inspiration and occasional laughs. So <laughs> thank you very much, Ali. That's very much appreciated. Um, but we also want to say thank you to all of our regular donors as well. So... Um, how should we do this? <laughs> Probably just figure this out. Uh, let's do let's do three each, right, and rotate. Okay, go for it then. You go first, aid, then yeah, you Claire, and then you. Pete. You are gonna do that. Okay, so <laughs> apo- apologies to uh, Gary Florchak for for mispronouncing your name. 
um uh cosmo photo our friend Stephen, and alex purcell our friend as well thank you for you three um and thank you to andy d or andy duncan um to jeff to jeff greenstein um and to david allen yes huge thank you to ian wallace andrew stewart allen and bill too yep and uh chris mina uh stavet Carvash, and alex morrison and thank you to Hilary, Hilary Clark, to Martin Smith, and to Sam Christopher Cornwall, Solacan. And finally, rounding out the wonderful Jayabar, Dunstan Vavasor, and of course, Billy Sanford. Um, thank you so much to all those. I'm going to stick all those people's names in the show notes with all of their um, Instagram handles as well. So that yeah. you, because you should all be following these people. They are all making great work, great and interesting work. So I'll stick all those links in there. Um, so you go and check out. And if you, if you need some good followers on Instagram, head up and some, check those people. Some of them out. are making film. Some of them are making cameras. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's some crazy people. So crazy people doing crazy stuff. All good. We've got a, a great smorgies board of wonderful people there. So thank uh, you. So yeah, much. a bunch of wonderful friends. Thank you all. Okay, I guess that's probably us just about done for this show, is it? I think so. I guess a last a last chance to say uh, again, congratulations to Rachel, and and welcome uh, to our newest listener, Constance. <laughs> Wow, I think that's probably against some international laws if she's making Constance listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay, uh, well, we will play you out now with uh, Rachel's band, uh, Rocker. You can get their new album, Incy Wincy Spider, uh, <laughs> and other good classic nursery rhymes uh, from all, all good music retailers and platforms and outlets. <clears throat> and if you can't find that one you can get their old album which is called promises i should have kept anyway uh, as always it has been an honor and a privilege to talk with you all we will be back next week uh, ciao bella <laughs> <laughs> bye <laughs>